Welcome to season two of the Nerd Review. This is the show where we talk about movies, TV shows, video games, books, and comic books. Today you're listening to season two, episode four, and this is the Teletoon special. So if you're not familiar, Teletoon is a all cartoon channel uh, dedicated to cartoons from Canada. Uh, it is a big part of my life, and let's jump into everything Teletoon, and let's start the Teletoon special. So we're going to start with a little bit of the background on Teletoon and what makes it so special uh, here in Canada. If you're not from Canada or you're just unaware of uh, the behind the scenes of the Teletoon channel. So Teletoon was launched on October 17th, 1997. Historical note, I was three uh, and thus I very much grew up with Teletoon. It was cartoons all day and it was spectacular. Uh, but before we get into all that and the awesome the awesome shows and begin down uh, the trip of memory lane, uh, let's talk about this background of Teletoon a bit more. So under the licenses approved from the CRTC, that is uh, the FCC of Canada, 40% of Teletoon's programming was to be Canadian content or CanCon as we call it up here uh, in the first year of operation gradually increasing by 5% yearly to 60% by 2002 uh, which is awesome and over a similar time frame uh, it made commitments to have at least half of its programming financed by and commissioned from third parties unaffiliated with its owners because uh, the way that Teletoon was created it was owned uh, by multiple broadcasting companies and so to have it fair trade and part of all of these different you know regulations and laws around uh the whatever the crtc stands for i can't remember the canadian radio trade commission something like that um they had all these you know rules and guidelines for the channel which really did promote smaller companies and producers and animators and made for an amazing variety of of uh, programs on their channel which was awesome uh, and so by 2001, the channel had invested over $96 million into 98 original programs since its launch. The Teletoon's director of original programming at the time uh, stated that I don't think any other broadcaster has contributed so much, so well, so fast, which I think is something that I think is very true because uh, by 2001, I was hooked on a bunch of these amazing series. To this day, I still watch and about them which i'm doing right now uh, there was some uh cool branches of teletoon over the years too uh one of my favorite was teletoon retro uh which ran from 2007 to 2015 and this just played like the jetsons and the flintstones and bugs bunny and all of the amazing animated series um from years ago uh there was obviously you know the the detour on teletoon uh which would run until 2008 or 2009 where i would watch family guy for the very first first time and shows like Ren and Stimpy and the Aqua Teen Hunger Force and uh, the Ripping Friends that was probably one of the craziest late night television series I ever watched um, and it was just it was awesome there was awesome programming and stuff so let's jump into uh, some of these series and stuff now something that I uh, love about all of these series and it's only later in life that I would really learn uh, is that all these series are designed to sell toys which seems obvious now seems obvious to adults but I grew up thinking that toys got made 
made for popular shows and that was it i had no notion that the shows were just advertising to, to sell the toys that they were already making i mean it's, it's brilliant marketing ideas sure and say what you will about capitalism and advertising to kids but i can say from personal experience as an action figure kid I had so many action figures. I, I had no idea it was advertising, and the series were genuinely entertaining. Some of them taught life lessons about being nice and sharing, and uh, I mean, 40 to 60% of them were original Canadian creations, which as a Canadian creator myself, I think that's pretty damn cool. Um, now, that said, I, what I learned from oh so many documentaries on toys and kids TV series and action figures was that the TV show had to inform the audience with the toys were and if there was no pre-existing comic book like think like tmnt the animators and writers of the show had to come up with these ideas and and like the backstory for it and the theme song what that came down to was that the theme songs had to explain the entire premise of the show in about a minute to a minute and 20 seconds which explains so much about a lot of the theme songs for the shows we're going to talk about and just when you think about these shows in general too like tmnt or or any of your your favorite childhood shows um, if they have a theme song, the theme song just like it just tells you about the entire series over and over again. Every episode is the same thing. Not like Family Guy or The Simpsons, but like real kids shows. These it's very funny. It's just the premise of the show. They introduce all the characters. They introduce the bad guys, um, and it's a jaunty tune. Inspector Gadget, uh, like I said, TMNT. All the shows I'm going to talk about now. So like it, yeah, it was a very interesting thing. So I'm going to play some of the uh, intros for this too. I'm going to include them in today's episode. It's a special, so when we talk about the show, I'm going to introduce it, I'm going to talk about it, and to kick the show off, I'm going to plug in the audio from the show. So let's jump into that now. Let's jump into the first show. Yeah, that's right. The first uh, show we're talking about is Caillou from 1997. Now, I feel like a lot of people hate on this series. Uh, they hate Caillou for being a whiny brat. Uh, and parents say that their kids misbehave after watching the series or something to that effect. And I, I don't care about the haters. Never really do. Uh, I grew up watching Caillou episodes, honestly. I had Caillou. I had a Caillou plushie, like the actual character. I had a little, like, plush... I don't, I stuffed thing. It was a doll, I guess, uh, that I took everywhere. Uh, and I had really fond memories of that series. I think I was able to relate a bit. Um, you know, he had all these stories with his mom and his dad and his grandparents. And I had, you know, all these people in my life growing up. And it was just, it was a fun intro. And you could sing a little, I don't know. It was, yeah, I had the tapes. I had the VHS tapes uh, for some of the episodes. And I would just watch them on repeat. I, I had somehow identified with this bald child. <laughs> it was, it was 
was very strange. And um, and I mean, later, you know, more recently too, uh, there have been uh, Family Guy jokes. I mentioned Family Guy, uh, you know, watching that on the detour. And, and you know, Family Guy is still on to this day, uh, which Caillou is not. They just announced a few years ago that they were ending Caillou. And, uh, you know, a lot of people said that they were happy about the ending of Caillou. And uh, I died a little bit inside. And I was like, oh, no, Caillou. No kidding. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, the, the Family Guy jokes, though, those were those were so funny like uh when lois tries to watch the whole show and uh with stewie and they have uh caillou they like they animated caillou into the family guy episode and he starts like questioning why he's bald and the narrating old lady's just so on point and then peter's line about hanging out with caillou's beta dad um just they were amazing and they even did the art like the episodes of caillou with like the rough drawn edges like it was made from the book like the like the caillou books and stuff and like i said say what you want about the series but i i i grew up with it it was it was one of the the teletoon series that i remember i mean it started the same year that uh the the, the channel started and it's from a kid's book that's popular and i mean like super popular book series since uh the first book was published in 1989 caillou has sold 15 million copies um so there are like generations of people who have grown up uh with caillou and it's definitely a, le a legacy and a franchise uh here in canada so i assume there are just as many people that hate the series that there are people that you know do enjoy the series and have fond memories like i do and you know i remember having that plush uh caillou that i grew up with and i took him everywhere and it was cool you could take off the the yellow shirt and his little blue boxers and they were washable because they were all cloth um and i guess you could wash the entire cloth uh caillou but you know i didn't want to drown him so i never did that and i have i assume that at, at some point uh over the, the lifespan of carrying this this plush around that he got like germ ridden or so dirty that uh, he just got discarded or I forgot him somewhere and you know such is the life of, of a clutched uh, childhood possession and I, I you know every now and then I'm looking on eBay and I'm thinking like oh, is it really worth like $80 to buy this pristine condition Caillou plush because like they, they just you know I had them growing up and they were they were fond memories I enjoyed them so much and and it's like I'm just always tantalized by the idea of rebuying them and just putting them in a display case they're just you know the tangible you know a uh, fond memories they're the the actual physical manifestation of those memories and the more i talk about it like this right now i'm just thinking about like clicking buy now on ebay so i'm gonna move on uh from caillou let's talk about uh the next series let's jump into it so get ready for an amazing intro this is the next series we're gonna talk about
Okay, so we are going obscure with the second series, and if that amazing intro didn't sound amazing, uh, it was the best audio I could find, and even then I had to uh, fine-tune it a bit. You should hear the original audio file. I had to put a little bit of processing on it to pick out the words, kind of fix it up a bit. So uh, the series is called Ned's Newt. This is also from 1997. It is a super weird one. I uh, So it's kind of weird when, uh, like I recall watching the show, but I swear the memories are all on mute. Like, I don't remember any of the dialogue or what any of the episodes were about. I just remember the animations uh, for Newton, and I'll explain who that is in a second. And it just being, a, like, a really funny, like, weird show. And that, yeah, like I said, the super weird, vague memories of this series. Uh, so it's a, it's about a kid named Ned uh, who buys a Newt that he names Newton. Very, uh, again, very outside the box thinking on these names. Uh, so the Newt named Newton uh, for a kid named Ned. And after complaining to the pet story guy and again all of this is in the intro I, like i don't know if it was very clear to you how like the this the audio was like if you're not familiar with it um you might not have picked up all the the like the themes of the the, the episodes or the, the whole series i should say uh so he goes back to the pet store guy and he's upset because his newt doesn't do anything uh you know he wanted an exciting pet and so the guy sells him some pet food called zippo uh that comes with a standard like gremlin's warning though it's a, it's a bit abridged it's just basically like boils down to don't feed him too much uh, and he doesn't get into any details of like what would happen and of course that's what happens uh, and this is the part like it's in the intro he eats the entire box of the Zippo food and he transforms into a six foot newt with superpowers <laughs> and then just like all hell breaks loose and it's one of those you know series the 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 magical friend destroys like the, the you know the town sign or the the fair or the car and then you know transforms back into a newt and the kid has to try and explain what happened without giving away his magical newt I'm not making this stuff up and like it was just super random series and yet what I always found funny especially upon maybe I didn't always find it funny but upon revisiting it and when I read the synopsis I was like why did Ned never just eat the Zippo food himself I mean yeah it's pet food it probably didn't taste very good but like you it gives you superpowers it made it made your your tiny little pet newt that's like four inches long into a six foot magical creature with like teleportation powers and stuff why didn't why did you just ditch the newt and start eating the zippo food yourself like it's so wacky cartoon uh and i have these like yeah like i said like i remember watching the 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 intro or listening to the theme song right it brings back like this flood of memories but I don't remember the dialogue of this show. Like, I remember the intro. I remember the all blue, and it's like supposed to be nighttime. And I remember the series, but yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember what they sounded like. The characters. I don't remember any of the supporting characters. It was really funny. Yeah, it's like memories on mute. It's very interesting uh, <laughs> recollection of that series. That's all I really know about that series. It lasted like two seasons. Went until 1998. They got a decent amount of episodes out of it, like 26 episodes or something, which I believe is like the standard order for a series is 26 episodes, like 26 half-hour episodes, and each one of those is like two 10-minute episodes, and then they break that down into two seasons, so they they air them like spread out so it gives them a quite a decent run and then they get into reruns and stuff i mean i would have only seen that in reruns too because i mean 1997 i was only like 
three or something so I wouldn't be actually like paying attention to that it's probably four or five or six you know somewhere around that age and it's just playing constantly and reruns at that point and you know that's when I would have picked them up um, but that's that was just a really obscure random series that I remembered um, and the intro was quite funny so that was it on that one let's let's move on we have there's a couple other series we want to talk about here so let's jump into the next series so get ready again for an awesome intro which hopefully has better audio <laughs> Okay, so granted, this series doesn't follow the whole theme song explains the series because that was just a vague song. Um, so unless you already know uh, the series that I'm talking about, that was completely unhelpful. Uh, so this is actually an adaptation. It's uh, an original comic book, an Argentinian comic book uh, by the same name that was adapted uh, by a Canadian production company animated uh, for Teletoon as an original uh, animated series. Uh, and that is Cyber 6, 1990. Uh, so this is a super vague memory of mine. Uh, all I had, all I remembered really was this really cool chick uh, with a Black Panther kicking the crap out of people with a really big hat. Um, super vague, but apparently upon review, this is actually pretty accurate. <laughs> so, like I said, the show was adapted from a comic book uh, published in 1991 and follows the titular character uh, Cyber Six, who fights monsters or techno-humanoids uh, called Fixed Ideas, so she can drink their blood. I, that was, it takes a turn actually. I guess some sort of like, she's a genetic engineered survivor. They were doing these like genetic engineering, you know, illegal experiments, and she's one of the survivors. So she's like a genetically engineered techno vampire woman. Uh, and interestingly, uh, w one of the things I find that I remembered and that was really cool is uh, to hide from these people that are trying to find her because, you know, she can, you know, she's going after their creations and trying to stop all their current, uh, you know, experiments is uh, her secret identity is a male professor which is a really solid idea as far as secret identities go they're looking for an escaped you know whatever you know uh, genetic engineer uh, genetically engineered woman and so to hide her identity during the day she poses a guy this makes a lot of sense i'm surprised more superheroes never thought of that the whole the whole like gotta protect my secret identity that one's that one's pretty easy it's better than clark kent and his stupid glasses and all that <laughs> i'm kidding uh i don't want to start a dc argument here i understand it's more of a persona but uh so yeah um that, now what i found funny like what i remember one of the things that i remembered really about this series was the black panther it was really cool she had like this like helper pet cool like you know a uh, sidekick that was a freaking black panther um the wiki page had literally no mention of this and when i like i was like that's surprising so um you know no matter with uh, some savvy googling uh i was able to find out uh more so it's not a pet panther actually it's one of the other tubs test subjects his name uh is data 7 formerly cyber 29 and it's actually cyber 6's brother so like this seems like a glaring omission from the wiki page uh, so apparently one of the genetic experiments was to put cyber 29's brain into the body of a black panther which 
it's pretty cool and it, it actually reminds me of the plot of uh, terry and the t-rex if you're uh, familiar with that movie or the the podcast episode i did uh here in season one i think it was actually like episode two or three uh so that was that was funny little correlation there that i found uh so i mean that was cyber six was a great series apparently the comic book is very well received uh and so if you're interested there's the comic book that's been adapted from uh the original spanish english french it's very well received uh or there's the animated series uh like i said i don't remember very well I, i'm gonna go back and, and watch it it's just uh i do remember sitting there and being captivated by uh it was more of an animated series so it wasn't the the standard like computer like the cgi computer effects from the 2000s and stuff that i was familiar with uh, growing up so it, it stood out it was definitely more like dragon ball z anime style comic book adaptation i assume that there were things that were also like edited for uh you know a kid's channel or well they maybe they edited the comic book the source material i mean because it is an original animation for teletoon uh but i'm not sure how much they they changed uh you know maybe the 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 green life fluid that uh, cyber six needs to consume wasn't uh all green maybe it was a little bit red i know they they do that for a kid series they'll take out the blood and change it for like a like a black or a green substance uh substance i should say not, uh, not it's not food well i mean in this case it was food because she drinks as a stay alive uh, but uh that's something that's very popular in kid series too to edit that uh, to make it a little bit less gory or less violent because if they're robots you know they, they don't have blood they have like an oil that runs through them so it's okay to to destroy robots but it's not okay to kill people you know they have to have these these clear lines and stuff i always found that the the rationalization they put into these shows is a bit funny when you see it from like the adult perspective and all the things that are thought about when uh, creating a series like this um but uh like i said so i don't i don't have much uh in, you know much on this one uh so i just it was very fond growing up it was one of those original series that definitely stood out it was edgy it was dark it was different uh and i mean she had a black panther as a brother slash sidekick in uh you know crime and fighting so that was pretty cool uh, so let's jump into the next series. Next series I'm super excited about. I think a lot of people are going to recognize this one. Uh, amazing intro and just a banging series. So let's let's check that one out now. That's right, the absolutely amazing series, Flying Rhino Junior High from 1998. It had two seasons, 39 episodes. These were uh, full 26-minute episodes with one story. Uh, they were they were absolutely amazing, just as amazing as that intro. Uh, I mean, just the line, the principal's a rhino when no one's asking why. Uh, that just always stuck with me. Uh, it also leaves out that the janitor is a man pig who, lest we forget, is a spy. Uh, it just says, 
as like the janitor's a spy, but like well, he's also a like walking pig, uh, and we don't know for whom he's a spy. Uh, they just said he's a spy. It's not for the principal. The principal's, the principal's oblivious, uh, but he does help the students. The not the principal, the <laughs> the spy pig, spy pig. Uh, he helps the students out of a few uh, precarious situations. Uh, the series was really fun, um, and uh, so the, the 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 antagonist is this dude, the Phantom. Uh, and now, once upon a time, the Phantom was a student. He was uh, Earl P. Sidebottom, and I totally got that from Wikipedia because I completely forgot his name i like I've, I've watched this the series a few times uh over the years and i watched it heavily when i was a kid and uh you can you can easily find a lot of these episodes on youtube so it's fun to just you know put on 20 minutes of one of these series um but yeah i totally forgot like the details of it so um with a little help from wikipedia uh i remembered his rat sidekick who's named radicus I love the naming convention, uh, and so he was he was a great sidekick, uh, kind of always just like fumbling around and uh, you know meaning well, but uh, inadvertently helping the uh, the students get through the the things that the Phantom have tried to throw at them. And so other than these three uh, anthropomorphized animal characters, all the other characters at the school are human. And as the intro clearly states, no one's asking why. Now, I do remember the series having a pretty decent story arc, uh, even if the episodes were mainly Trouble of the Week style. Uh, there was an underlying story around the Phantom, and a quick read of the synops brought it all rushing back. So Earl was a superboy genius, and after getting one bad grade, he hid away in the basement forever, uh, where he built a supercomputer that can alter reality, and he uses it to mess with the school's revenge. And I, I really love the kid show logic at play here. Like, why not just leave school and build a supercomputer super at home. Um, like, what about Earl's parents? Like, they never they never went to look for him. He just vanished in in the in the basement of his school. Which, I mean, it, originally when he arrives, probably wasn't this like giant subterranean evil layer slash like maze thing. Like, so it wouldn't have been very hard to like just go down in the school and be like, oh hey look, he's right here. But yet yeah, no one found him. But you know, yeah, uh, uh, alas, it, this is this is a kid's cartoon. So like, no one's no one's looking at these logic gaps. We're just enjoying the the wild antics like being sent back in time uh to compete in the the olympics uh, for for gym class i remember that episode that was that was quite funny um you know like there was mummies running around the school stuff like that on halloween uh he would bring all these different like creatures to life just like fun fun stuff like that uh and uh one of the th one of the things i enjoyed uh, one of the things i liked when i was reading the different synopses and doing the little background wikipedia fandom pages and stuff um, I came across character breakdowns for some of the different characters and one of the ones things that I never picked up on the theme I guess um, was that the principal Buzz Mulligan the rhino um, he was portrayed as a retired ace pilot and hence the name of the school and the series Flying Rhino Junior High because he was the the flying rhino <laughs> I, like, yeah, I like that um, it also describes him as a caring principal who respects his students and has the res and has their respect uh, and I thought that was that was cute and and, uh, you know, it was uh, you know, a principal that cares about his students, though he is completely oblivious to any of the crazy stuff that happens 
at the school and like you know there's mummies and dinosaurs and all these things running around and he's just like now get to class kids and they're just like ah running away from dinosaurs and trying not to be eaten and things like that uh so that was flying around junior high uh one of the great uh teletoon series that uh, i grew up watching so we're gonna move on now so get ready for the last the best uh not maybe not the last or the best <laughs> so uh the next uh series that we're gonna jump into here's the theme song for that one And that's it. Definitely one of the weirdest gems of my childhood and all my years of Teletoon, the But Ugly Martians intro for one of the weirdest series uh, with a really successful marketing, uh, successful, successful, successful marketing campaign, <laughs> thanks to uh, an amazing line of action figures. And I'm speaking 100% uh, from experiences because I had every single freaking action figure and vehicle uh, made and sold separately for this bagging series like uh that was definitely a shout out to uh you know, the parents and the grandparents and the aunts and the uncles and birthdays and christmases uh for the year of like 2000 and 2000 2001 to 2002 uh th those that three-year span uh every action figure gift anything that i could possibly be given was an action figure from this series the but ugly martians uh so let's let's jump into that series now it's a group of aliens sent to earth to destroy it but quickly fall in love with all the glorious ways to laser around that earth has to offer plus better food <laughs> so with the help of a few earth friends they spend their time hanging out and trying to convince their alien emperor that they have taken over earth and as long as he bought it they could stay on earth and keep having fun so they're setting up like fake backgrounds and they're using their earth friends to make it look like they've subjugated the people of earth and uh, it's all like a ruse on their part uh, and it's quite fun uh, and every now and then and someone would uh, get sent to check up in on uh, them like another alien threat would pop up or the emperor uh, berg berg zerg something i think it was a rip off of, uh, power, of uh, not power rangers i wouldn't want to say power rangers it was a rip off of Toy Story uh, and it was Emperor Berg uh, and uh, they they sent um, you know different people to check in you know generals army people and stuff and they would have to uh, you know 
defend the earth and their friends and now they like it here and they would have to then you know make it look like uh these people failed i don't remember the gist of it they would you know try to make it look like uh they uh are taking over the world and that this alien just disappeared or he uh he's the deserter you know and they would they'd be like oh he never showed up something <laughs> like that and there was uh, an alien hunter uh the government was sending an alien hunter because there was all of these uh you know sightings and stuff in this city and so they kept sending the government to try to discover the aliens they kept having to wipe the guy's mind and he would you know constantly come back um that was that was a reoccurring threat in the series it was very funny and as anyone knows for a successful toy line you have to have uh different action figures different colors different names so the three aliens were color-coded and you had commander beepopaluna uh, i'm not making this up that was his actual name uh tech officer tutti fruity uh he was blue and uh the commander wore yellow and then you had uh corporal duwa diddy he wore red he was my favorite he just wants to eat and play video games and hang out with his friends uh and of course these guys had awesome action sequences uh with power armor very power rangers that time i got to say power rangers uh very power rangers very beetleborgs very lucrative because they sold these bad boys each alien was sold separately and came with their own battle armor which they fit inside it all clipped together around them and the line was made by hasbro so uh, it was very good quality uh, i was such into action figures i loved action figures uh, i said it a dozen times <laughs> and, and and probably one of the things i keep repeating um definitely keep repeating is is points of articulation people most important thing in action figures especially for kids for myself uh they had so many like the, the guys were so poseable you could move their shoulders their elbows their hands their knees um you can move their legs up and down so they fit in their battle armor they also fit on their vehicles all color coded to match the fi the figure so you had you know you could get one red bike blue bike a yellow bike um i think i only had two of the bikes and i had all three of the main characters and i had some of the extra characters too and just like i said you know for the caillou plush it's like i'm looking at ebay and i'm like oh these guys are only like 20 dollars you get like a whole set for like 100 bucks like oh you know <laughs> so uh i have to i really do have to close this ebay tab um so i'm going to close that now uh and it, it was it was an amazing line i had so many of the figures and you know like i said through battle damage as i got older and you know popping some of their arms off and stuff they they took a bit too much damage or uh you know we had garage sales over the years those are always fun growing up you had a nice little garage sale and uh we i, I probably you know sold a bin of action figures so i could uh get some money for video games or whatever was cool now in like 2007 and 8 go to the movies with my friends all that stuff um because now like when the series came out i was seven um and i just remember loving this series it was hilarious and stupid uh combined with these action figures uh which like i said if it's not obvious i was a huge action figures kid i played uh my heart out with action figures making up stories and battling them together i would i would freeze a few uh, overnight and uh this was star wars influenced ice was my car Carbonite, and then I would slowly thaw them under warm water uh, in the bathroom sink. Sink uh, action figures unlocked my imagination like nothing else. I could uh, hold the characters from these shows and just be in my own world, make up my own stories. And so it was so to say like that, like all kids, like what they say about all kids shows and toys lines just being made to sell toys. Um, but for me, that wasn't even part of my reality. It was just amazing fun and like so close to magic as a kid can get. Like that. that, that 
that's definitely my experience um now as i get a bit older uh i would uh, inflict battle damage like i was saying on some of my action figures uh they would lose limbs and uh you know set up the matches i mean they're they're you know uh, playing with like laser guns and stuff here uh, and energy weapons and magic attacks you know some people are bound to get injured and a couple uh, gi joes lost their legs and got tied to firecrackers and other sort of uh battle is scenarios that i would set up it was uh definitely fun um and uh you know i was also watching a ton of dragon ball z back then but that's something for an entirely different episode um and uh let's uh let's get back to uh but ugly martians um so uh it it had a couple seasons i think it had two seasons um it went from 2001 to 2002 and i definitely had that on dvd or uh I had a rented VHS of it and you know it was it was some great fun uh, and I think we have time for one more intro and one more series here so uh, let's let's jump into another awesome crazy random obscure super weird intro uh, coming up now at the dawn of the new millennium the planets aligned and heroes were born Okay, that wasn't much of an intro, more than it was a series of random sounds and noises with a small intro. Uh, <laughs> the series is Mega Babies, um, which I just assume that very few people remember or ever have heard of. Um, and uh, there, this is going to be the last uh, random series that we talk about for this episode. Uh, probably the strangest of all of the ones I remember, or at least close to it. Uh, there's a few others I can think of, like probably the Ripping friends but i would need to do a bit more research onto that one because that was some drug-induced crazy detour teletoon uh series so this was we're gonna stick to the teletoon series right now so this was mega babies um and it's a trio of mutant babies that can shit to the ceiling and have weird super strengths and fight aliens and monsters to protect the city uh, which is literally called Your City USA. Uh, now, as per this little theme song, uh, the the they got struck by lightning. Uh, I remember the theme song having more explanation. I guess it's all in the video. Uh, they get struck by lightning when the planets align, and this is what turns them into mutant shit babies, and it changes their skin colors to yellow, pink, and blue. And uh, their nurse, uh, Nurse Lazlo, uh, Lazo, sorry, becomes a genius because of the lightning strike. And now this one did have a toy line or anything it was just super weird premise and crazy intro and it's i mean it's goddamn shit baby monsters like they poop to the ceiling like they would they would sit there in their little chairs with their little diaper like cloth diapers on and they would poop and they would go right up to the ceiling and i'm just, like who comes up with this like they had they would get like these giant muscular arms and they would punch out aliens and monsters and their nurse drove a monster truck and i don't like how do you pitch that? 
how do you how do you make a pilot for that and sit down and be like this is what i want like this nightmare fuel for a, of a kids show costs 6.6 million dollars which is nine million dollars canadian for the the 52 um episode uh run like well it was 52 10 minute episodes and interestingly they were pre-produced in montreal go hubs go uh and then animated in asia and then finally they were bound into 26 half hour episodes so like that's a lot of money and work for a show about a trio of multicolored baby poop monsters it's just a weird thing to say <laughs> so uh that'll be the that'll be the final series but um there is there was so much to love about uh teletoon and it's crazy that it's been on the air for 27 years and it's it's about to end uh and there's a uh, teletoon plus which is uh one of the channels you can get on like on amazon prime and apparently that will continue to be teletoon uh so it's not completely gone but the cable channel or your 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 satellite channel fiber channel whatever whatever you have at home uh is being retired it's being rebranded um and uh that's unfortunate i think it's sad uh, to see it go it's the end of an era there were so many good series on there they had like i said over 98 they had almost 100 series uh original programming series uh in just the first year that they started uh their well not the first year the first few years of their their sh their their shindig <laughs> and it was it was an amazing ride for somebody like myself who got to grow Grow up with Teletoon and enjoy all of these different uh, animated series and all the different craziness, um, you know, like Yuvon of the Yukon and um, uh, Jacob Tutu, which for that one was actually based in Montreal. Uh, the artwork, like he was like lived downtown and you would see the Olympic Stadium and all that really cool uh, stuff. And they would play hockey and they had, uh, you know, episodes about like Montreal donuts and Montreal bagels and, you know, uh, all, all sorts of like cool things about Montreal and, you know, visiting the Biodome. Uh, that was really cool to see an animated series that was, like, set in the city that I live in, and it wasn't, like, like they didn't change it. It was, like, real cool, like, watercolor, like, art of the city, uh, and you got to see these characters run around and have a, an interesting time. So that was a really cool one. Uh, that was Jacob Tutu. Uh, and uh, there was just so many other ones, like Martin Mysteries and all the different incarnations of Scooby-Doo and uh, even Archie's Mysteries. They had so many great series, totally spies that was a great one about some uh you know cool action uh you know girls they were they were teenagers or i think they were going into college it had a bunch of series it was great um they were kicking ass and they were they were recruited to be spies um yeah pokemon there we go like that should be an entire episode i'm mean, gonna obviously i can't get into pokemon now but that was that was on uh, teletoon the entire run i think it still is to this day um you know definitely something to talk about with you know like ash being retired which is just i can't believe it that's like another thing the end of another era right there two eras ending on top of each other can't believe it um it's just uh yeah it was great it was uh Telsoon was definitely uh a huge part of my childhood and my you know childhood development years and all, all that and i have so many great memories of hanging out with my brother and my friends and you know sneaking out of my room to watch the detour or you know that, that animation of when the Telsoon would become the detour and you know every couple of years there would be a redesign of the uh you know like the, 
count the splashes between the episodes, like the ones I used for the teaser. That was the original uh, Teletoon one, the sketch. Um, all the sketches, too, like in between the shows, they had all these, these like little mini series, and some of them were these little like hand drawn sketch, or that was like it was animated and it was made to look like it was all being hand drawn. They had so much like great initiatives and enthusiasm for all of this, like cartoons and stuff, and they really made like a generation generations multiple generations of kids just like have all of this amazing entertainment and i think that's amazing it was amazing for me and uh i really enjoyed it and that's where i'm going to end today's episode i hope you enjoyed this episode i hope you had the opportunity to enjoy uh teletune it was honestly uh it was great if you haven't seen it uh it's not being retired yet so check it out on uh whatever you know platform you have at home if you don't have a platform at home look it up on youtube you can see all the amazing commercials and the different uh you know animations they used for all that stuff and you know introducing new shows and like up next on teletune and then they would have you know a little animation of the uh the channel title and stuff uh all those i, I forget what they would call them title cards title cards yeah that's what they call them title cards uh you know different commercial title cards and like intro cards and stuff like that um it was great every few years you would have a new one uh kind of like uh the late like not the late night the uh the saturday morning cartoons it was like uh first it was like wb kids and then it was the fox box and uh, on ytv they had like the zone like little different programming segments uh i believe is what they call them so uh it had so many great uh different segments and different setups over the years and uh some of them are so iconic they they changed the colors from orange to blue to red uh they had like all these 3d designs and stuff and it was it was a great time to be alive and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna miss it and i think uh it'll be unfortunate that other kids won't get to grow up for it and with it and i cherish all the uh vhs tapes that i have of uh i think i mentioned that in uh, previous episodes where my mom would give us uh blank vhs tapes and we would get to record whatever we want and i would just put mine in and record like five hours of teletune uh so i still have that and each one is like an archival of like exactly what teletune was in 2002 or 2003 2004 um, so those are super cherished and I still have all the commercials intact and that great, uh, you know, grainy quality and I can pop that into my VCR and that's, uh, that's something that I'll always enjoy. Like, like I said, tangible memory and I don't have to go on eBay to buy that. So though that's nice. I get to save some money on that front. Um, so like I said, that's where I'm going to end today's episode. This has been the Teletoon special of the Nerd Review season two, episode four. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Like I said, I hope you got to enjoy Teletoon. Uh, I hope you're enjoying season two and I hope you come back, uh, for episode five. I am working hard on tons of new episodes. There's a bunch of new movies coming out, so there's definitely definitely uh things to look forward to cocaine bear the new scream movie uh there's a new term uh terminator there's a new transformers i wish there was a new terminator movie coming out maybe soon but i, I was gonna say transformers uh i think there was like a hundred days on transformers uh I, I saw a post on twitter said like a hundred days but that was maybe like four or five days ago so less than a hundred days now it's only like 90 something days uh and then there's a uh, scream coming out on the 10th uh, i'm a huge scream fan i saw scream 
5 in theaters. I'm going to go see this scream in theaters. Uh, it looks really good. Uh, Cocaine Bear, I posted about that. Ray Liotta, uh, one of his last movies that he ever uh, filmed. And uh, yeah, lots of great content to come. So that's it for today. That's it for the Teletoon special. Uh, I hope you come back for the next episode. And without further ado, that's it. That's the Nerd Review signing off.